Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. California cleanup. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray on this Tuesday, February 6th. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Flooding and mudslides inundate California as an atmospheric river turned deadly. We'll have the latest. Sad note from the entertainment world, country music star Toby Keith has died at 62 after a battle with stomach cancer. Months of work on a bipartisan border security bill are in jeopardy as Republicans oppose some of the details. And the new fashion look called the mob wife. The pendulum has kind of swung again. The mob wife trend is being driven by the younger generation, mostly Gen Z, that are Um, You know, they don't have that same kind of wealth to tap into. They are shopping vintage, thrift, secondhand, and they're putting a new spin on that kind of opulence that we all admire during quiet luxury. Jessica Dickler at CNBC on the mob wife look and how to achieve it without breaking the bank. More heavy rain, mudslides, flooding, and several feet of snow in the mountains have all been part of the misery for California thanks to the last hurrah from a powerful atmospheric river storm. Some 200,000 customers remain without power this morning after homes and businesses were hit with another deluge yesterday. At least three people have been killed. The Los Angeles Fire Department reported that 1,000 firefighters were responding to 49 mudslides and debris flows, 130 reports of flooding, half a dozen structure fires, and other rescues of motorists stranded in vehicles. Andrea Holstein packed her family in her car and fled the mud. My husband opened our front door and the mud started coming in the house and then he couldn't shove it all the way closed. Across Southern California, the heavy winds that blasted the region Sunday were diminishing, but the National Weather Service warned that an unstable weather pattern could generate water spouts or small tornadoes. The Weather Service forecasted additional rainfall totals of 5 to 8 inches in some areas, which would bring 48-hour totals as high as 14 inches for some locations. To Washington now, Senate negotiators spent months crafting a bipartisan measure designed to address the crisis at the southern border while providing funding for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. But it appears it will have trouble passing due to intense opposition from some Republicans who say border provisions are not tough enough. The Senate legislation is due for a procedural vote tomorrow. James Langford of Oklahoma led talks for Republicans. Even when President Trump was president, we had days of more than 4,000 people illegally crossing our border a day. We had huge spike days even during that time period. If we don't actually fix the loopholes in the law, regardless of who's president, that's never going to get better. The bill includes $118 billion in new spending, including $60 billion to aid Ukraine as it fights a Russian invasion, and about $20 billion for new enforcement efforts along the U.S.-Mexico border. The legislation would give the government emergency powers to refuse entry to migrants or to quickly expel those who had already entered. Record numbers of migrants have been caught illegally crossing into the U.S. since President Biden took office. Senate negotiators released the text of their border security bill Sunday after months of anticipation, and not everyone is happy about the details. The bill has already amassed a significant group of detractors in Congress, specifically in the House of Representatives. The border security legislation appears dead on arrival, mainly due to three key reasons. Here's Jack Burley, reporter at The Washington Examiner. Jack set this up. Yeah, so they've been working at this for, I believe, four months uh, in the Senate. 
And the house has been, the GOP led house has been projecting a lot like, oh, we don't know about it. And then uh, all the negotiators were kind of saying, we'll just wait for the text to come out. And as soon as the text came out, all of the uh, Republican leadership in the House was like, no, this is dead on arrival. Um, House Majority Leader uh, Steve Scalise immediately said that the Senate border bill will not receive a vote in the House and was upset about certain provisions having to do with uh, when the border would be shut down. Um, and then House Speaker Mike Johnson shortly after said he had seen enough and that it would be dead on arrival and it was worse than he was even expecting. All right. Meantime, um, Senate Republicans aren't exactly behind this either. No, there have been some vocal uh, there's been some vocal opposition from some of the Senate uh, Republicans. Um, I know before the text came out, Rick Scott had accused uh, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Minority Leader, of undercutting the GOP with a compromise on the border, uh, saying that it would give uh, Biden and the Democrats a win they could campaign on, but it would not actually do anything to help with the border. Um, Josh Hawley and Mike Lee were some of the first senators to speak out against the bill. Lee particularly called it a betrayal of the American people in um, a sharp rebuke of the bill and had several tweets uh, disparaging different parts of the bill. Um, and then uh, Steve Daines, who is the NRSC chairman, so he's in charge of campaigning for all the uh, the Senate Republican hopefuls, he said he can't support the bill. So that's kind of a big deal uh, thumbs down within GOP leadership in the Senate. Wow. Uh, so can the, can the bill even get out of the Senate, let alone reach the House? Well, thanks to the fact that the Democrats have the majority in the Senate, um, they would just need to get, you know, a bunch of their people and then some Republicans on the Senate side, which it seems, I don't think Mitch McConnell has given a clear indication, but he would probably be more willing to accept this and some of the more moderate Senate Republicans, of course, James Langford, who was one of the chief negotiators in this deal, uh, would be more willing to support it. But I do know Senator Alex Padilla uh, of California, who is a Democrat, uh, had expressed his displeasure at this deal. So there might be some issues as well on some of the kind of more left flank of the Democratic Party as well with this deal. Wow. We're speaking with Jack Burley, breaking news reporter at the Washington Examiner. His story is called Three Reasons the Bipartisan Border Bill is dead on arrival in the House. Reason number one, because House Republicans, many of them, are not happy with it. Same for some of the Republicans in the Senate. So the third one, and you sort of reference it there, is that some Biden allies are not happy either. What's their complaint? Yeah, so with the kind of the more progressive, liberal, left flank of the Democratic Party, um, they're not in favor of a lot of these compromises on the border um, in kind of the opposite of what the kind of more conservative right flank of the Republican Party believes on the border. Um, Veronica Escobar, who's a Democrat in Texas, she's one of uh, the Biden campaign's national co-chairs. And while she said uh, she still will support Biden for re-election, this does not affect it in any way. Hearing some of the talks about what had been in the bill, uh, she said that she was not happy specifically about how Biden was talking about the border, saying he would shut it down if he got the bill passed. Um, and also said it would be hard for her to support it if it included rapid expulsion. Um, she made these remarks to Politico in an interview that was released on uh, Saturday, I believe, um, ahead of the text coming out. And in the text, there are some provisions to do rapid expulsion if border crossings reach a certain threshold, um, if the border is overwhelmed. And so you could see definitely more progressive Democrats coming out against it and 
the notable part of this, of course, is that she is helping out with Biden's campaign directly as a national co-chair. Thanks, Jack. Jack Burley, reporter at The Washington Examiner. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, they provide real-time product availability online and have sourcing specialists who can help you track down hard-to-find items. And their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Glad you're with us. Welcome into Tuesday. The Pentagon says it's not planning for a long-term campaign against the Iranian military and associated proxy groups in Iraq and Syria. U.S. forces bombarded multiple locations across those countries in retaliation for a deadly drone attack nine days ago that killed three American soldiers in Jordan. Comments follow messaging by the Biden administration in recent days that Friday strikes were just the first round. Major General Pat Ryder is spokesman for the Pentagon. We do not see conflict in the Middle East or anywhere else, but attacks on American forces will not be tolerated, and we will continue to take all necessary actions to defend the United States, our forces, and our interests. U.S. bombers and other aircraft conducted airstrikes on 85 targets at seven locations across Iraq and Syria on Friday. Groups backed by Iran have attacked U.S. troops in Iraq, Syria, and Jordan at least 169 times since October. Iran-backed proxies conducted at least two attacks on U.S. troops in Syria since the strikes, but there were no U.S. casualties. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Republican lawmakers have adamantly opposed the $118 billion bipartisan deal designed to cut down on illegal crossings at the U.S. border and provide financial aid to U.S. allies, including Israel and Ukraine. Republicans say the immigration provisions are not tough enough. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Same question. Are MAGA Republicans serious about fixing the border? Or is this merely political? A vote on the legislation is set for tomorrow. Number two. The Republican-controlled House Rules Committee has agreed to send the impeachment case against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas to the full chamber for a vote. The impeachment articles charges Mayorkas with refusing to comply with federal immigration laws and breaching the public's trust by claiming the southern border is secure. Massachusetts Committee Ranking Member Jim McGovern. What have House Republicans done? They've consistently played politics with our national security. They refuse to take action on the border because they're taking their marching orders from Trump. The chamber's vote could come as early as today. Number three. Jennifer Crumbly's jury jury failed to reach a verdict yesterday in her involuntary manslaughter trial after her son, Ethan Crumbly, shot and killed four students at a Michigan high school in 2021. When members asked if they could infer facts about the case since the shooter did not testify, Judge Cheryl Matthews in response. You must not let sympathy, bias, or prejudice influence your decision. You must avoid reaching conclusions that may have been unintentionally influenced by stereotypes. The jury will reconvene today. New evidence has reopened an investigation into an alleged 2018 sexual assault involving five Canadian hockey players. Police have issued an apology to the alleged victim for the length of time it took to press charges. All men being charged were members of Canada's World Junior Hockey Team when the alleged attack took place. All five players have denied wrongdoing and say they will plead not guilty.
A technology company in China has unveiled a nuclear battery along with a big promise. It will be able to supply smartphones with 50 years of power. Betavolt Technology, the company behind the release, says this invention is eco-friendly and could make phone chargers obsolete. You could, like pass it down to your kids after you get it. Uh, right. Imagine you'll never have to years. run to that charger on 1% ever again. Impressive. Thanks, Nicole. Quiet luxury is out and the mob wife era is in. What is it exactly? Here's Jessica Dickler, personal finance reporter at CNBC. Jessica, what's up here? Okay, so we're seeing a lot of these trends kind of come in and out, largely thanks to some TikTok influencers. The latest thing is this idea of the mob wife look, which is basically kind of revisiting the Sopranos era with uh, leopard print, eyeliner, big hair, jewelry, and um, you know all that all that kind of jazz. And why, Jessica? Do we know why? Come on, speak to your speak to your gender. Yes. So, well, there's a few things going on, but basically it's kind of all coming out of the pandemic and how the economy has evolved. We originally saw this kind of K-shaped recovery where some people were doing even better than they had been before, while many Americans were struggling and living paycheck to paycheck. And then we saw this huge surge in this quiet luxury trend, which really took off last year after Gwyneth Paltrow's ski accident trial and the last season of Succession, where people were kind of loving this super high-end stealth wealth look. And now the pendulum has kind of swung again. The mob wife trend is being driven by the younger generation, mostly Gen Z, that are Um, You know, they don't have that same kind of wealth to tap into. They are shopping vintage, thrift, secondhand, and they're putting a new spin on that kind of opulence that we all admire during quiet luxury, but, you know, with their own take on it. And that's why I said it's a little easier on the budget, because a lot of the stuff can be found secondhand. (laughs) We're speaking with Jessica Dickler, personal finance reporter at CNBC. She's got a fun story called The Mob Wife Trend takes over after quiet luxury and it's easier on the wallet so who's behind it you referenced at the beginning of your stories uh tiktokers is kayla trivieri yes that was the original video that really took off gen z has totally jumped on board this trend and even though some of the people that i talked to when i was researching the story said you know this isn't entirely new in fact um you know this kind of this look pops up over and over and over again. But Gen Z kind of loves to reinterpret. They love to put their stamp on it, their own branding. And that's why this has become new again for 2024. Is there a male version of this or is this just a female thing? Yeah, there is always a male version. And the male version would also be, you know, some of those kind of more blinged out accessories. Um, You know, maybe it's a, a gold watch or, you know, just kind of playing up. I mean, you think Sopranos. I mean, it's just kind of that, um, you know, a little bit louder than the quiet luxury look that we saw last year and just kind of playing up that, um, you know, that kind of 80s, 90s vibe. Thanks, Jessica. Jessica Dickler, personal finance reporter at CNBC. By the way, if you've missed anything, be sure to check out a podcast of today's show. It's available every day on the This Morning with Gordon Deal app, plus Apple, Google or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com slash Gordon Deal today to get a special discount that's ooma.com slash gordon deal no fear just facts this is america's first news this morning with gordon deal thanks for spending time with us welcome into tuesday february 6 gordon deal nicole murray some of our top stories and headlines flooding and mudslides overwhelm parts of Southern California. The border bill from the Senate appears to be in trouble from Republican opposition. Country music sensation Toby Keith has died from stomach cancer at 62. Buckingham Palace says 75-year-old King Charles has cancer. The Philadelphia Eagles will play a regular season game in Brazil on the first Friday in September. And people in a floating sauna help rescue car crash victims in just their towels. That story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Discover. Discover wants everyone to feel special with live 24-7 customer service. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Baby boomers dominate America's housing market. They own nearly $19 trillion worth of U.S. real estate, more than double the amount held by millennials, and about $5 trillion more than Gen Xers. But... As the generation ages, its vast real estate portfolio poses a question. What happens when boomers die? Here's James Rodriguez, senior real estate reporter at Business Insider. James, what did you find? Well, so this story is really about currently baby boomers dominate America's housing market. You think about the the members of this generation, they own nearly $19 trillion worth of U.S. real estate, and that's more than double the amount held by millennials and about $5 trillion more than Gen Xers. And so... The, the real question is, as this generation ages, you know, by 2040, the population of 80 plus year olds is going to double from where it is today. This, this vast real estate portfolio really poses the question, what happens when boomers die or at least age out of the housing market? And so you have kind of two schools of thought. You have the kind of silver tsunami theory, which is basically it'll be this wave of homes that will uh, lower prices and open up all these opportunities for younger generations. And then you have others that think, you know, go along the lines of more of a glacial shift, kind of slow moving, predictable and won't impact prices as much. But, you know, no matter how things shake out, and I kind of look into both of those theories in the story, but really the the question of timing, you know, when we look ahead to when boomers are going to start aging out of their homes, it's really going to benefit Gen Zers, not millennials. And so... um, that's, that's really the crux of the story is that that younger generation of Gen Zers will be reaching their prime first time home buying years right as this shift crescendos and you have all of these boomers moving out of their homes. And so, um, you know, they'll end up uh, more fortunate than their millennial predecessors. So uh, is Gen Z a big enough generation 
to claim all those homes, for example, and, I don't know, drive up prices, or maybe there's not enough of them, and that won't drive up prices if there's a mad buying spree. Well, so you definitely have, you know, the, the Gen Zers are a smaller generation than millennials, and right now you have most, the, you know, the huge bulk of the millennial generation, the youngest of whom are around 28, oldest are up to 43 now, and so, uh, you know, most of them are kind of within or past that prime age for first-time home buying. But they too will also be looking to get, you know, boomers houses once boomers age out of the market. You know, they might be looking to move up into boomers larger houses or, you know, if they haven't been able to buy a home up to that point, you know, they they might be looking at uh, moving into those homes. Really, the story, though, is for, for Gen Zers who will just be looking to get started off on their home buying journey right as all of these changes are happening, which... You know, the economists that I spoke to are really predicting everything to happen between 2030 and 2040 is kind of when the bulk of this aging out will happen. Wow. And that'll yeah. be perfect timing for Gen Zers. We're speaking with James Rodriguez, senior real estate reporter at Business Insider. His piece is called Gen Z versus the Silver Tsunami. Uh, what about the effect of mortgage rates on all this? Well, so you definitely you know right now we've seen mortgage rates come down a little bit from their 20-year high in October, around 8%. They're around 6 now. Um, and, you know, it's the, the tough thing is it's hard to predict where mortgage rates will be in, uh, you know, a, a decade plus when, you know, within the next 15 years when all of this stuff is really going to be happening. But, again, I think you have millennials, some of whom, you know, Gen Zers, actually, some of whom have been able to get into the housing market already because they were able to get these record low mortgage rates during the pandemic. And so, you know, they could also be positioned to take advantage of, you know, when, when boomers homes are opening up after they age out of the housing market, you know, they, they may be in positions as well to, to move up or, um, you know, on the flip side might be reluctant to because they have such low rates. So I think it's, it's kind of a complicated story when it comes to mortgage rates, but ultimately these demographic patterns are a lot easier to predict and to kind of understand timing wise rather than you know mortgage rates which, which might be a little bit less yeah. predictable uh, Gen Z can be so different from baby boomers is it possible that a significant percentage of them don't want to own a home well what we're seeing right now is that Gen Zers are actually tracking ahead of their parents or, or in line with their parents uh, when it comes to home ownership rates you know you have uh, kind of a, a quarter of adult age Gen Zers who have made it into the housing market already uh, with, the, with a purchase. And so, you know, there's still a lot of Gen Zers who are uh, not to that point yet. But, you know, what, all signs indicate that Gen Zers are really interested in the housing market, that they've seen the wealth that it's brought to previous generations. And, you know, Gen Zers that I've spoken to are very gung-ho about getting into the housing market and, uh, you know, creating some of that wealth that they've seen older generations generate from yeah. home ownership. Thanks, James. James Rodriguez, senior real estate reporter at Business Insider. It's time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, with Valentine's Day just eight days away, there's seemingly no end to the number of ways you can get back at your ex, some involving such unpleasantness as hissing cockroaches and cat poop. Now for the car guy or girl on your breakup list, a new twist. A car scrapping company in the UK is offering just 
jilted exes the chance to send former lovers to the junk heap for Valentine's Day. The company announced its Scrap Your Ex program, which will allow people to have cars named after their exes before being sent to the scrap heap. In a news release, the company said the program offers a unique form of catharsis for anyone that has recently gone through a breakup. And good news for us in the States, anyone worldwide can scrap their ex. All you have to do is fill out an online form and explain why your ex-lover deserves to end up in the dump, though you better share all the, all the gory details since they can't guarantee that everyone who signs up will get to see their ex's name get crushed. Oh. So what they do is I guess they spray paint the side That's, of the car yeah. with the name of your ex and then put it in the in the crusher, whatever they do, okay. and uh, perhaps send you a video. Oof, that, that really sends a strong message, doesn't it? I suppose so, you yes. put your lover's name on a, on a car that's about to get crushed. Yes. That's different than a hissing cockroach, I would think. Yeah. Sends I, a strong message. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the like the cat poop one we did, that was also oh, a, yeah, a pretty strong message as well. These are, <laughs> these are all pretty strong messages in their own yeah. right, but yeah, that's that's a good one. I, I kind of like this one. I don't think you have to pay for it, too, but uh, that also means a man will be high, so you may not get to see mm. it. Uh, what if we did something like that here on this program? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like this one was crush your ex. Right. Right. What if we did air your ex? Oh, I see. So, so we're just people, start calling people out. Yeah, and people just submitted, you know, on social media or something. Like yeah. <laughs> their complaints and we, yeah. we aired it out that way yeah you think you think that would that would work out for us you don't uh, think no. we'd somehow get any no. blowback from that no i'm merely trying to make this a sensational story that's yeah, all look, look Just... i'm we're trying to hold down the fort here <laughs> we're trying to keep the problems to a minimum let's let's not go down that road <laughs> and uh here's a guy who might end up on a crushed car for next valentine's day though a lot of people say it's worth it for him a man has admitted that he's considering breaking up with his long-term girlfriend because of her unhealthy lifestyle specifically her refusal to eat vegetables the 23 year old explained on Reddit that his girlfriend only ever eats fast food or junk food like mac and cheese and she throws a fit anytime he tries to cook anything healthy. Things started to come to a head when the girlfriend's health crashed and she struggled to get out of bed. The doctor said it was probably the lack of vitamins and exercise, but after a week of taking vitamins, she then stopped again and her health went south. The guy says his partner's lack of regard for her health is making him fall out of love with her and he was building up the courage to end the relationship. Most commenters to the post told him to pull the plug on the relationship now since they obviously don't share the same values and the relationship is doomed to fail anyway. Ouch. Yeah, well, they're saying, I guess, you know, if they have to get married, they have kids, you know, what's it going to be like trying to get the kids to eat healthy yeah, and while she's okay. eating is unhealthy junk food, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just going to be very hard for them to move forward. Just to, just, so so a lot of fast food and, and mac and cheese. Yeah. Just to clarify, was it lobster mac and cheese? Uh, yeah, I mean. then she might get a pass. Right. I'm just, <laughs> I agree. Just trying to drill down here. Yeah, I'm guessing, I'm guessing it was out of a box and no, okay. no lobster to be found anywhere. <laughs> Hey, it's Gordon Deal here to tell you about this game-changing product I used before having a couple of cocktails called Z-Biotics. I easily get a headache from just one drink, but I've now found something that helps avoid that miserable feeling the next morning. Z-Biotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic Drink. It's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by scientists trying to eliminate that crummy feeling the following day. Here's how it works. When you drink, Alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Whether you're sitting down at home for movie night or out with friends, drink responsibly and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com/gordon to get 15% off your first order when you use Gordon at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/gordon and use the code Gordon at checkout for 15% off. 
Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Tuesday with grocery prices up roughly 20% from where they were three years ago. Throwing a Super Bowl watch party may still feel expensive, but there are ways to cut costs. USA Today has some foods that are more affordable this year and which ones may be worth giving a pass. Fresh wings averaging three twenty-six a pound, down 5% from January of last year, while frozen wings are averaging three seventeen per pound, down about 11%. Shrimp have been averaging eight eighty-four per pound, down 6.4% from a year ago. Soft drinks in a two-liter bottle, $2.11 in December, down about a percent from the year prior. Meanwhile, sirloin steak averaging nine thirty-five per pound in early January, that was up 2.3% from last year. Tortilla chips as well, up 6%. Eight minutes in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The Pentagon says the retaliatory strikes in Iraq and Syria will not be a long-term campaign. The Biden administration said Friday's attacks were the first round of America's response to the deadly drone assault that killed three U.S. members in Jordan last month. Pentagon spokesman Major General Patrick Ryder. They do have uh, a finite amount of capability and how much do they want to uh, continue to, to sacrifice uh, that capability for the sake of achieving something uh, which ultimately is will fail. U.S. bombers hit 85 targets at seven locations on Friday to take out Iran-backed control centers and weapons storage facilities. Number two. A historic storm dumped on areas of Los Angeles yesterday, bringing a record amount of rain, mudslides, flooding, and several feet of snow in the mountains. Dozens of residents have been displaced and over 200,000 people are still without power. Los Angeles resident Andrea Holstein. There was a mudslide that started at the back of the house. Um, and then they were able to get themselves out safely by coming over to the back. It's terrifying. I'm just glad that both of them were to make it, be able to make it out. Number three. Nikki Haley has applied for Secret Service protection after receiving an increased number of threats during her 2024 presidential campaign. She is the only remaining GOP candidate competing against former President Donald Trump for the party's nomination. Protection will only be provided after it is authorized by the Secretary of Homeland Security. King Charles has been diagnosed with a form of cancer and will postpone public engagements to undergo treatment. The Buckingham Palace says Charles, who became king in September of 2022, is looking forward to returning to full-time duties as soon as possible. Country music star Toby Keith has died after a battle with stomach cancer. According to Keith's official website, the 62-year-old singer died peacefully surrounded by family. This was one of his most popular singles, Should Have Been a Cowboy. Other popular songs include How Do You Like Me Now, Beer For My Horses, and I Love This Bar. Ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. <laughs> that I just love that one. Very yeah, impressive accent. One. How about this for a visual? With only towels around their waists, patrons aboard a floating sauna in a Norwegian fjord rescued two people whose car had plunged into the water. The car appeared to have driven off the quay at an area where ships dock at the foot of Oslo's picturesque medieval fortress and castle. A witness told the Norwegian VG newspaper that he saw the car stop before it suddenly accelerated, ended up on the water. The paper reported the driver thought the vehicle was in park when he hit the gas. As the car went down, the Associated Press says two occupants escaped to the roof of the vehicle as the sauna raft 
headed toward them. The skipper of the floating sauna told VG that he reached them just as the car went under. Conveniently, they warmed up in the sauna. The wooden sauna rafts that operate on the fjord allow people to take part in the much-loved Scandinavian pastime in peace while enjoying the natural beauty of the area. Fjords, by the way, are long, deep, narrow sea inlets that reach far inland. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.